Praise the Lord. Welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. Our podcast will cover a variety of topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a wonderful team of producers who want to make each episode something that is enjoyable and informative. In today's episode, we will talk about marital issues, managing a marriage 101. Today's podcast was produced by lead pastor, Corey Lyndon Bellamy Sr. I'll be right back with today's episode. Marriage between a man and a woman is ordained by God. However, marriages are not made in heaven. Speaking in tongues, shouting, and running around the church does not solve marital issues. A marriage must be managed, and it requires constant maintenance from both spouses. From birth, we continuously grow and develop. Babies learn to walk and talk. Kids attend daycare, preschool, kindergarten, and grade school. Then, middle school and high school. Young adults choose between trade school and college. In most careers, workers are required to obtain certification and degrees. As processes and technology changes, employees are required to maintain knowledge of the latest and best skill set through acquiring continuing education credits. When a couple falls in love, the requirements for marriage are scarce. The eligible couple goes to the courthouse, completes an application, pays the license fee, schedules the wedding date, and has a religious or civil official to perform the ceremony. Nowhere in this process does the couple learn how to live married lives. That is the elephant in the room. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that there are 73,200 marriage and family therapists. A marriage and family therapist helps couples manage and overcome issues within the family and other relationships. It's a booming business. It's estimated that between 2020 and 2030, the field will grow by 16%. Now, that's much faster than the average occupation. The husband and wife often come from different social, economic, and political backgrounds. There may be differences in some spiritual matters also. Each set of parents may have managed their household quite differently. In some homes, 
The husband is the head, in others, the wife is the dominant figure. Once the euphoria of the honeymoon begins to wear off, and eventually it does, real life happens. The fantasy is over. The couple may go from ecstasy to reality. Now the work begins, the work of two becoming one. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, the King James Version states, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. In a holy marriage, the husband loves his wife as Christ loves the church. The wife respects her husband and trusts the path chosen for the family. This is not as easily done as spoken. A godly couple does not compete against the other because they are one. Imagine the head and the body in a battle. There are no winners. This process of two becoming one is the breeding ground for conflict. Some of the biggest conflict in marriage involve communication, money, sexual intimacy, and children. Now, please understand, I am not a marriage and family therapist. The information discussed in this podcast, Managing a Marriage 101, is coming to you from a perspective of a spiritual advisor with years of hands-on experience. Lady Gwen, my wife, and I have been married for 41 years, and we have six living children. So let's talk about communication. H. Norman Wright and Wes Roberts, authors of Before You Say I Do and Let Me Say Here, I have used and highly recommend this book for those who are in premarital counseling. They say, and they define communication as the process of sharing yourself, both verbally and non-verbally, in such a way that the other person can both accept and understand what you are sharing. Effective communication in a marriage also involves actively listening. And according to Wright and Roberts, listening means complete acceptance without judgment of what is said or how it is said. Listen and repeat what was said. Then state your perspective of what was being communicated. Remember this, your spouse is not the mailman, the grocery clerk, or any other person you communicate with in passing. I really think it's important to schedule times to sit down and talk uninterrupted to avoid miscommunication. Husbands, Communicate your vision in a clear 
and concise manner. God has equipped your wife to be your helper. She cannot assist you if you do not actively listen. God has equipped her with a unique background and perspective to help you make sound decisions that will impact not only you, but also the whole family. Wives, your husband is not your child. God has chosen him as the head of your household. Listen to his vision and work closely with him. If he does not have a vision, you can help him develop his dreams. Your method or approach can determine whether he will move forward or remain stagnant. Remember this, if he loses, you lose. Couples who want their marriage to be successful will have to work together. It works when we put in the work. Part of the work is being submissive to one another. I know that that is not a very popular word, submissive. The scripture commands the wife to be in submission to her husband and the husband to love his wife as Christ loved the church. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 through 25, the easy read version reads like this. Be willing to serve each other out of respect for Christ. I'll read that again. Be willing to serve each other out of respect for Christ. Wives, be willing to serve your husbands the same as the Lord. A husband is the head of his wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the savior of the church, which is his body. The church serves unto Christ, so it is the same with you wives. You should be willing to serve your husbands in everything. Husbands, Love your wives the same as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. Together, write a vision for your family and then stick with the plan. Plan together, pray together, and execute together. Now, here's an aspect of, of marriage that is very important. And unfortunately, many people never take time to address it, and that is expectations. Marriage is a contract. A couple does not tell a contractor to build a house without specifying the neighborhood, style, layout, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, electric and or gas utilities, kitchen, garage specifications, and on and on. A man and woman should discuss his and her expectations. Please take time. Sit down. Be transparent. Be honest. And discuss 
what each desires from the other and what you want to accomplish in your marriage. There must be a checklist and routine reviews. Let me give you a couple of examples. I expect my spouse to be a believer, a protector, employed, trustworthy, debt-free, loyal, compassionate, kind, humorous, peaceful. I will not accept adultery, disrespect, a controlling personality, mental or physical abuse, narcissism, or selfishness. Every aspect of the marriage should be visited routinely. Do not allow frustration to grow into anger and bitterness. Again, it's very important that you share yourself and listen without judging to understand your spouse's perspective. Now let's talk about boundaries. A marriage without boundaries is like the wild, wild west. It is full of pistol packing, alcohol drinking, shootouts that leave bodies lying in the streets. It's lack of law and order. Marriages should be a win-win for everyone. Discuss appropriate boundaries like, I like when you spend time with your friends, but it's okay that you have friends of the opposite sex. However, television and cell phones are relaxing and entertaining if I don't mind lending money to relatives and close friends. Let's discuss. Yes, I know you love your mother and she is full of advice. Let's see how children are a gift from God, however they need. And that's a discussion that you need to have. Communicate openly and honestly about your expectations for boundaries. Set healthy boundaries for yourself. Discuss marital boundaries, boundaries for your children, extended family, and friends. And then revisit your boundaries as often as necessary. No one should be a closer friend confidant, or advisor than your spouse. May I say that again? No one should be a closer friend, confidant, or advisor than your spouse. Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend have authored a Family of Boundaries book on subjects such as marriage, parenting, relationships, personal responsibility, and more. You may want to consider adding these to your physical or virtual library. Friends, this is Bishop Michael Bellamy.
I hope you are enjoying our podcast and will subscribe to our Facebook page. You'll find our weekly 30-minute podcast on many of your favorite platforms. Would you please tell your family and friends to listen as well? Now let's talk about finances. Not many other issues cause conflict in a marriage like finances. If you're single, do not get married without discussing in detail money matters. Please don't. What does he or she bring to the table? And then also know who's sitting at the table with you. Request and analyze income, debt, credit, child support, student loans, personal loans, credit scores, tax liabilities, and other obligations, including court judgments. If you are afraid to inquire and assess finances now, Perhaps you're not quite ready to accept the realities of married life. Enter a relationship with your eyes wide open, not the half-closed, dreamy eyes. With your eyes wide open. Great sex does not put food on the table. Neither does it pay the bills. Married couples must also have an effective financial plan. It is a foundation within the marriage that will help pay bills, save, and accumulate generational wealth. Gentlemen, God ordained you as the head of the household. Your wife is your helper. You must give an account to God, and you are responsible for caring for your wife and children. The rule of thumb is no money, no honey. If you do not provide for your family, your wife most likely will not give you the respect you believe you deserve. Qualified illness aside, if you do not work, according to the Bible, you do not eat. Let's talk about budgeting 101. Both husband and wife should sit down together and write out a budget for the household. Agreeing on the budget process will alleviate hardships and pitfalls down the road. List all income. Write down all expenses. And of course, make sure you pay your tithes and offerings. And it is important that you pay yourself too. Free budget guidelines can be found online, customized and downloaded. Checking and savings accounts are important as well. Pay bills from your checking account. Set up a an emergency saving account 
and long-term savings account. In a marriage built on trust, and they should be built on trust, each spouse will be listed on both the checking and savings accounts. The person who is better with money management skills should manage the household. Check accounts. If one is temporarily incapacitated, the other may assist. Let me just interject here. Don't hide money. Don't hide money from your spouse. Manage does not mean dictate. This should be a collaborative effort. Some couples have spending thresholds, and those are very good to have. They agree to notify the other spouse and have a discussion before spending more than whatever the designated amount is. A monthly meeting to discuss financial status updates will be beneficial and instill more trust. If money allows, and it may, each person may choose to have separate saving accounts to deposit their allowances for discretionary spending. Now, if the wife works in the house as homemaker, the husband should give her money without her asking and his micromanaging her usage. No woman wants a stingy husband. If she's working at home, give her some money. What about investments? They're very important as well. Home ownership is one of those investments. Consider purchasing a family home. Home ownership is key to building wealth. According to the Federal Reserve, In 2016, renters had an average household wealth of $5,200 compared to the average homeowner having a household wealth of $231,400. If your employer has qualified deferred compensation plans, you may want to consider setting aside a portion of your income for pay at a later date. These funds can be invested in 401ks, 457s, or any other investment opportunities. This is a supplemental benefit to the corporation's or the company's retirement plan. Some companies will match what you contribute. You should communicate with your spouse about your current investments. May I say again, it is important for you to communicate with your spouse regarding your current investments. Also discuss potential investments and agree on what opportunities are best suited for your family. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22 The uh, New International Version reads like this, 
A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Healthy financial planning now will benefit you, your children, and your children's children for years to come. Now, we can't talk about marriage 101 and not talk about sexual intimacy. Ladies and gentlemen, sex is good when it is done according to God's law. Sex within marriage was designed by God to be good, and it is healthy to be sexually intimate. If you do not want to have sexual relations, please do not get married. If you are married and you don't want to have sexual relations or be sexually intimate, you've got a problem. If you are married, give her the sexual affection she desires and give him the sexual fulfillment he wants. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said as it relates to husbands and wives and sexual intimacy. Right there in your Bible, husbands and wives should be fair with each other about having sex. A wife belongs to her husband instead of to herself, and a husband belongs to his wife instead of to himself. So don't refuse sex to each other unless you agree not to have sex for a little while in order to spend time in prayer. Then Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I'm sure you want book, chapter, and verse. I have it for you. It's right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 3 to 5. And you'll find this in the contemporary English version. Marriage alone may not solve a person's sexual desires. If a person was promiscuous, before they got married or before they got saved, you need to know marriage may not solve on that person's sexual desires. And I must also mention if the person has a problem with pornography, marriage may not solve that person's problem or issues with pornography. Married couples should discuss sexual intimacy in detail. Now, I, I caution you uh, doing this prior to marriage. It should be discussed with a premarital counselor or a spiritual advisor, but never for uh, the couple to be alone having this kind of conversation. But once you are married, you do need to discuss sexual intimacy. It was not designed to be one-sided. Sexual intimacy was designed by God for, first and foremost, procreation, 
recreation, and communication. It should be satisfying to the husband and wife mutually. Sometimes couples spend quality time doing things that they may not find enjoyable. You've heard the saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Well, speak up to get your needs and desires met. Please do not leave your spouse guessing. The details of sexual intimacy must be mutually enjoyable. Loving spouse will not try to force his or her spouse to do something that is immoral or make them feel uncomfortable. Ask questions. It's okay. Ask questions and listen to your spouse's sexual desires. Ignoring your spouse's desires may cause a lack of trust in marriage, and it may lead to setting your spouse up for for failure. Let thy fountain be blessed, and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as the loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. That's in the Bible too. Proverbs chapter 5, verses 18 through 19. Do not use sex as a weapon of mass destruction. Never do that. Scripture specifically forbids a spouse from depriving their mate of sexual intimacy. There is so much more that could be said about this, but that would have to be in Marriage 102. Let's talk about children. They are one of the greatest rewards and challenges of marriage. Psalms 127, verse 3 to 5, the New Living Translation reads, Children are a gift from the Lord, they are a reward for, from him. And children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the gate. Husbands and wives should agree on sharing responsibilities for caring for and raising their children, teaching values, rules, and please don't leave out the Apostles' Doctrine. Children can be masters of manipulating parents. <laughs> they can. Both the husband and wife should agree to disciplinary actions. If the husband does not use a united approach, children will cause one parent to fight against the other. Now let's talk about stepchildren. And friends, I must tell you quite candidly, I really don't like using the phrase stepchildren. If your spouse has children from a previous relationship, they are now your children. That's your son. That's your daughter. 
They must be loved and cared for as your own flesh and blood. Joseph loved Mary and accepted all the responsibilities associated with providing for her and her son, Jesus. Now, how far was Joseph willing to go to protect Jesus as his own son? Joseph went as far as Egypt to ensure Jesus' safety. Joseph did not treat Jesus like a stepchild. He loved Jesus, took time with him, and taught him his craft, carpentry. Likewise, husbands and wives must treat non-biological children with love, dignity, and respect. In closing, Managing a marriage is an inexhaustible subject. These are just a few topics couples may find challenging. No marriage is the same. Pray together. Plan together. And persevere together to grow and develop a loving and respectful household that works best for you and your family based on biblical principles. If there are unresolved issues, avoid talking to family members and friends about your marital relationship. Speak with a qualified, trusted spiritual leader. And respectfully, I must say all pastors may not be equipped with the tools to assist. So you may want to consult a licensed, certified Christian counselor. If your spouse refuses to attend, you should attend alone. We cannot change others. However, we can learn to, to address interpersonal issues and techniques to manage conflict. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for today. I hope you were blessed by today's podcast. Don't forget to join us every week for our 30-minute podcast. Well, we will address the elephant in the room. Today's podcast was produced by lead pastor Corey Lyndon Bellamy Sr. Be safe, stay healthy, God bless.